Hello, Trombone Internet. This is Chris Van Hoff, assistant to the regional manager of the International Trombone Festival. We at the festival, of course, are huge fans of the pod, and we are really excited to invite you to attend this year's 2024 International Trombone Festival at TCU in Fort Worth, Texas. Dave Begnosh is our host. We have the world premiere of a brand new double concerto for trombone and piano with the Fort Worth Symphony. We have the American Brass Quintet. We have late night jazz featuring a Latin jam session. Like everything is happening, all the cast will be there. It's the best hang in the world, and we hope to see you there. You can register for the festival still online at www.internationaltrombonefestival.com, and it's happening the last week of May. So go register. We'll see you in Texas. It's oh. insane. Oh, listen to that deep voice. No, look yeah. at me. I have a fancy little thing in the background. What's it say? On Oh no, it's uh it's actually inverted. So it says go practice. Which speaking of which, did you practice today or hey, I what? woke up thirty minutes ago. We're asking no. the questions here, up. Tim. Sorry, I'll never do that again. <laughs> yeah, you had will. to do that in the beginning. I actually I I love those memes. I send them anytime I see those things pop up on social media, I just send them to my students. I don't care if it's seven AM. Hey Nick. Yeah. I just want to say I'm sorry about your Detroit Lions. Moving on. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Moving on. The the pain of expectations and it being taken away, it's 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 terrible. They should be proud of their season. Ah, yeah. Life goes on. But also, what the hell was your coach doing? You keep Dan Campbell's name out of your mouth. (laughs) Former Cowboy Dan Campbell. Hey, Tim, I don't know if you knew this is a football podcast, so are you prepared for all your hot takes? Well, I was about to say that the UT Longhorns had a great season. We also had an unfortunate last game. We lost at the very last second, but we should have won. But maybe next year. It's been They haven't been good my entire undergrad or even my master's until this year. So we went through about three coaches. I feel your pain, Nick. I feel it. Let out your feelings. I don't remember Nick. asking okay. about the Longhorns. <laughs> oh, I didn't ask about the Lions either. We're, we're talking about professional yeah. football. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, that I, go, I watched that go game. Yale Bulldogs. Oh, is that the, the Bulldog? Aren't they, is that what They're, they are? No one even talks about the Bulldogs at the school music. They might as well not exist. You're, you're not in the Yale marching band? Oh, I wish. Sometimes a Yale school music student will get to play in the marching band, but they never hit me up. And I have marching experience. So there is an actual marching band? There is, and they have a conductor with a baton conducting everyone, which is very... <laughs> the Harvard versus Yale game is very interesting to watch because they both directors have a baton. Like, it's classical music, which now, I find fascinating. Does the Yale marching band take it seriously, or are they like the Stanford marching band? I think they I take mean, it seriously. The Stanford marching know. band, I mean, they have people playing on sinks and stuff like that, like, literally. Oh, yeah. They, they, we didn't, I didn't wow. see anything at that level. I was tempted to jump in when I visited way back in the day, but then I didn't. And I think it was good that I didn't. But I th- I think anything for views... I think the views would have been there for sure. It would have sustained my livelihood that much more. All right. (laughs) So there's our intro. Marching band podcast. (laughs) Yes, sir. Football, marching band, we cover it all. It is the fifth position. 
where all your dreams come true. That's my new tagline. You like that, Nick? I do like it. Well, hello, Timothy J. Maines. You're Timothy J. Maines in my phone for some reason. Is that your, your middle name? The second. Oh, yeah. the second. But J-A-Y, yeah. Yeah. Many, oh, many... so it is J, like the name J. Yeah, like Blue J. Oh, wow. That okay. do you, Is that what you tell the ladies? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't think that really helps when you have a trombone in your hand. But yeah, I guess I sometimes do that. You just like as quickly as possibly, like subtly show them how many followers you have and act like you're not you know, trying? Surprisingly enough, that tends to scare people more than it impresses them, especially because it's like trombone and they don't understand trombone. And it's I usually actually like back in the day, I have a girlfriend now, but back in the day, I would like, I would bring it up and then all of a sudden I'll stop hearing from them. Like, Interesting. Or they'll be like, oh. They'll just be like, that's interesting. And yeah. Well, imagine it from their perspective. 10 seconds before you showed them how many followers you had, they were saying, oh, that's the one that goes like this with your arm. And so they have just solidified, okay, I remember what a trombone is. And then they see you have a bunch of followers. And I'm like, what the hell? There's that many trombone players out there? <laughs> yeah. And then like with all the media that Twitch streamers and other, usually the worst content creators tend to trend on the news as well so there's that stigma like usually i have friends who would introduce me as some kind of influencer which i hate by the way especially if they like say that. some kind of influencer right no no <laughs> well they say like trombone influencer which is hilarious <laughs> but also like even worse and yeah it's every i will literally get reactions being like oh i'm like scared of people like you wow what do you do can i see your content should i be scared it usually raises a red flag. Why do you think it scares people? Well, the news they see of other people doing just not okay things. The, you'll, I don't want to like name names out there in the social media universe, but there's plenty of people who will start trending even on mainstream news. Like I, I remember there was an, a Twitch event at New York and they literally disrupted tens of thousands of people. Yeah, that person got uh, arrested. <clears throat> exactly. I, I, I think putting. I think he's in jail now. I have no idea. I haven't followed up. Well, his but, thing was he was going to give away a PS5 or an Xbox One or something like that. Right. Is that what it was? And yeah. it was down in Union Square. And there was like thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of damage to buildings and cars and stuff like that. Because all these people showed up. And then, yeah, he basically got charged with inciting, like, a mob. And then because of all the damage, that that alone, I think, is like a misdemeanor. But if it gets carried to a certain extent where it, like, stops traffic and it causes actual, like, financial damage, then it becomes, like, a felony. And that's what happened to him. Yeah. And never mind like all the business, all these businesses like lost during like the stuff you can't measure as like right, damage, right, right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, which really sucked. And um, so that's but that's the stuff that people who aren't familiar with social media see in corporate news or just like um, wherever they get their news from. They usually just see like the most iconic negative moments. Hmm. So I think that's in people's head. But also I think. You know, there's like the personality trait as well. As, What's up, guys? It's Trombone Team. Can subscribe. <laughs> like people like associate, and I'm. I I think what I'm doing is not necessarily that, but a lot of people associate being a YouTuber as that. 
So there's now, that to think about. Back up about 15 seconds. It's trombone Timo? Yeah, you, he's German. Did you think it was oh. Timo? I, excuse me, I wow. thought you we were in the red, white, and blue. Wow. Okay, cool. Well, I went with something international because Tim is actually cannot be pronounced in certain countries. Really? Actually. Yeah, I know in Japan, when I was at Pacific Music Festival, there's people who literally just called me Timo because there's no Tim. They'll go like, uh, team? Uh, yeah. Like team, but I even study a little Japanese and there's nothing that ends with an M like that. Like Tim. Well, they would do the U, U, yeah. Right. Like, so, <laughs> oh my God. I had a fun time. I had no idea you were such a man of the people. Oh, well, that's what I strive to be. In fact, I studied for two years because I was supposed to go again. And then the pandemic happened. So they pushed back a year. And I'm like, this is the perfect opportunity to learn a little bit and go back. And because the people in Sapporo in Hokkaido were Sapporo. like so kind. It was nice, just yeah. on, on, it was like out of this earth really. And so, yeah, I learned the language for two years and then PMF canceled again mm. um, in 2021, just because it was like more of a cultural thing too. Whereas other festivals were able to open up for them. It was like a very strict, like we cannot yeah, accept yeah, yeah. like foreigners into our country. I was moment. supposed to go to Japan that summer too. Yeah. And I was actually like, there was ITF in Osaka. Right. right. And I like finaled in two of those competitions and I'm like, let's go. Humble Free bread. Flight. Okay. And Osaka rocks too. <laughs> I'm like... Are you kidding? I would have just gotten a free flight to Osaka and then just fly to Sapporo. And then none of that happened. And I'm really sad. But it's okay. because You want to talk about it? You want to? Oh, no. I'm good. Welcome to the Pandemic Fallout Podcast. <laughs> it, it, where all of our hopes and dreams got lost one by one during <laughs> 20, from 2020 to 2022. Hey, that was this podcast's heyday. That's where we really found our stride. That's yeah. when I submitted the review. On the third, I got featured on the third podcast. I'll never forget. Is that true? Oh, right. You like you, Marshall Gilks. Jilks. You don't order Uh, a gin. Oh, my. You don't order a gin. This is what he says. You don't order a gin and tonic. You order a gin and tonic. (laughs) I'm trying to remember what your quote was. Let me find it. I remember you write. (laughs) Let me me find it. I got locked and loaded. So (laughs) I got it's called Google. Sebastian is sassy today, folks. What the hell's going on? You just made fun of my pronunciation, Nick. Well, you know After what? After getting mine wrong, by the way. Pronunciation? Is that out. what you just said? Did you just but, pronounce uh, pronunciation incorrectly? Okay. By the way, in Asia, I'm also, I have the same problem with you. Tim, Nick, it's Nick. And sometimes it's Niku. Wait, which one are you? That sounds even more interesting than Nick, to be honest. I would like that if I were you. Did you use like a fake name, sure. right? Uh, possibly. I think this was on Apple Podcasts. I think I was trying to be subtle and then put like some shark fins on there. <laughs> Did you? What, oh, was the subject of your comment Brian Santero wrote this? What well, What does the review say? Mr. Shorts is one handsome dude. His ingenious sense of humor compliments Saw Bastion <coughs> ASMR level commentary perfectly. Yep, that sounds about right. Yes, sirree. This podcast sure makes you feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. Quick quest. <laughs> what fundamental and honest... Oh, oh, you asked a question. Um, it was actually a serious question. Um, yeah. <laughs> sending healthy vibes your way. It looks like you couldn't find a shark, so you did a dolphin and eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Appreciate that. Five stars. Appreciate it. Wow, yeah, that was right in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah, the only dolphin in our group is Paul Pollard. Oh, he is. Oh, and what reason? Clean shaven. Well, he's he has no. It's moving on. (laughs) He swims like a dolphin. Yes, there we go. That's definitely the reason, and it's not something else. Wow, that's great podcasting, Nick. Some things you keep in your private life. John Sebastian Vera. Tim, you are in the family. You are a trombone retreat alumnus. Yes, How many did you go twice in person? Yeah. And then I think you were on the online retreat as well. Yes. Yeah, like 2017, 2019, and a summer retreat thing. Man. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember you you like sparring with Koichiro on the Crescent or something. <laughs> <laughs> the live stream like you're just enjoying it you're like how well can i play this <laughs> well the high e flash did come out so that was a victory we're not going to talk about anything else no you sounded <laughs> great and he, he was like oh man i gotta like really demonstrate now no it sounded really good oh thank you no but well, we've I'll- known you a long time and once we started seeing the stuff you're creating part of us was like I'd say a little surprised, but also not because we knew your personality the whole time and how just everything at the retreat was an adventure with you. So we just <laughs> we never knew what would happen. We ran into you at Yale and we talked about you, you left a random review in this little small town restaurant and they got really yeah. mad. Yeah. Well, the waitress was being a little sassy with me and I thought they totally deserve a two-star review. Little did I know at the time that like, when the boss of the store sees that two-star review, it's that employee that's going to get the flack for it. And so that was... Did you name the employee? I oh, man. very possibly Oh, did. man. <laughs> but this was sophomore year it was pro- in undergrad. It was probably like a okay? 16-year-old girl like working a summer job. Yeah. How did it feel that you probably made a 16-year-old cry and almost... Well, okay, she was definitely not 16... I'm telling you, a lot of those, a lot of those people working there, are in that high school sixteen to eighteen year old range. Oh dear. <laughs> well, I fixed the situation. I took the review down, and or I changed it to a five star review, and then it was later taken down by the boss. and And that was right after I got lost after my audition. That's <laughs> I heard about well, it's not. We'll we'll fix it. We'll fix it right now. Dog and Suds in Montague, Michigan, is a national treasure. We'll just we'll say that that's our one of our favorite places was apparently. Well, they, well, they opened up another one. Did they? Yeah, they opened oh. up like a, a food truck slash like a little brick and mortar. They don't have as much on the menu, but they have the hits. <laughs> Tim put them out of business. Good Coney Dog is any time of day, any meal. They like Coney's in Michigan, and yeah, and then you sorry, then you got lost. I just found. <laughs> You what you just started walking around the neighborhood after something? Yeah, so like I completely whiffed the first few notes of Tuba Miram, which were like the very first notes of the mock audition y'all have. And after that moment, I just was like I just couldn't handle that level of failure, so I just immediately stormed off after my audition. I I just somehow knew I wasn't advancing to the next round. And I stormed off and I just 
headed in a random direction. And I go to look at my phone, and this is where I messed up. My phone was completely dead. So I had no opportunity to figure out where I was. And the roads at Montague are like miles long without any other like turns, mind you. So like I spent probably two hours and I even visited a local middle school to ask a parent <laughs> like where the heck I was. <laughs> Not suspicious at all. I'm just glad I look really young and like maybe a little bit innocent, like aesthetically, because like I little think they know. Little did they know who I become. But at the same time, like someone was very graciously helping me. They're like, Yeah, you look a little lost. I'm like, I am lost. And I in by the time I got back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm attending a trombone retreat at a church I don't know the name of. So when I was playing the yeah. Mozart Requiem, uh, the response wasn't as good as I wanted, yeah. and I, I, well, lower, I... I lowered my thirds too much. It was literally that, yeah. I, like back when my world was just Tuba Miram. And yeah, by the time I got back, none of y'all were there, and <laughs> you, you, just, there was no one there. You went to <laughs> another like, dimension. I'm like asking someone for a charger and by that time like i eventually like made it to where y'all were i think there was a hang or went to a brewery and that's a yeah. solid guess <laughs> that shows yeah. that shows how on top of it we were we were just like missing a student <laughs> we we're just like going on to <laughs> yeah. the bar you guys weren't even that surprised to see me when i came but i came and you're like oh you're here like where were you as if i didn't spend the past five hours completely lost and there was an entire mock audition that took place and i didn't even know if i advanced so I was like, that would be embarrassing if I advanced. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Well, that <laughs> would teach you not to walk away. Right. I, and I never did. I had an audition in Helsinki where I was sure I wasn't in advance and I walked away. And the proctor came running after me down the street and was like, where are you going? And I was like, no way I advanced. That was terrible. And they were like, you did advance. You're in the finals. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I came back and took off my coat, unpacked my trombone. You're yeah. like five beers in. I was on my way to the bar. Luckily, they caught me just before. That could help, maybe. I haven't tried it, but. It wouldn't. Well, I think it's a point of diminishing returns. I was going to say it wouldn't hurt, but there's definitely a point when it would hurt. <laughs> we do not condone <laughs> drinking before auditions, but. <laughs> but i am curious yeah. please let us know T tim sure i think we do i'm gonna frame this you i guess you you found your host family's facebook or something and you used him to message us when you were lost like larry lundquist and so i'm just gonna frame this hi it's tim can someone pick me up from the church i got lost <laughs> we didn't see it for a few months <laughs> yeah Stuff. very uh, helpful i forgot about that i don't know if you can read it oh my gosh Oh my god. I must have been so defeated in that moment. I still feel defeated. Really? Well, from that moment. Yeah. From that one mock audition that meant nothing? Well, yeah, not like, I don't carry it with me, but just bringing it up again, like, it brings out those defeated feelings. But that's why we do it, right? I mean, it's to make it feel like a real experience as possible as we can, and you can totally mess up and fall on your face, and it does not matter at all. Yeah, and like the next time I took it, I advanced the next round, and yeah, it was like solid improvement. I didn't win. I didn't storm out and get lost either. Yeah. What would have been really good is if you, in the second round of the auditions, you stood up and said, 
play this in reverse and tell me if you can recognize the tune. <laughs> I, oh my God, that trend. It honestly, it frustrates me how well that does. Right. Um, <laughs> but it, you, you go to TMEA and then you do that once and then all of a sudden you have 15 million views on it and you're like, okay, cool. Thanks, YouTube. Can, can, we, like, can we start some sort of riot at TMEA and get you in trouble? Get the news involved? I, I sort of did that last time. Actually, I, I recruited like 50 trombone players to blast a theme in, as I later found out, the quiet section. Ooh, there's a quiet section. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. And everyone anymore. I'm trying to sell stuff and I can't hear my own voice right now. <laughs> I'm like, trust me, this is for a fundraiser for the fine arts. And I still have to, man, that video is supposed to come out, but I had a video editor that kind of just sat on their hands and promised me they will get it done and it never got done. So I'm like struggling to now get that done before the next one in a couple of weeks. Tim, so. Tim is accepting applications for video editing. Like genuinely though, like just all I need is a video editor that can just execute the job without me having to babysit them right. and be like, wait a minute, this is actually the bare minimum level of work you did. Let's take it to the next level. Yeah. And then I'm writing like PDF paragraphs and essays. I'm like, I- I'm going to, I'm going to break this down for you, Timo. Yeah. Those people exist. They're going to cost a lot of money. Yeah. Well, the cool thing is I recently got in the business of hiring my friends yeah. to make content. So like when you see friends with me now, like, I used to not pay him because it didn't make sense financially. But now I'm at the point where TikTok has a new monetization program and YouTube is increasing the amount of money they pay creators through ad revenue that like I found out. I did this through my time at Norfolk. If I just hire four or five musicians and we just make a piece of content, I'll actually come out in the green Mm -hmm. from my investment and I'll have a business expense that I can write off later. So I just been starting to do that a little bit even just like on a very simple level like not high production but like just something that's just fun yeah and it gets the musicians paid i get paid and we also have a great time yeah you're working with your friends yeah there's nothing there's nothing better that and that's awesome because you you just never know yeah it can be awesome with working with your friends but if you don't actually pay them then because they know you, they can be like, oh, I'll just do it whenever or I'll get to it. And if you actually yeah. have, hey, I value you, you value me and I trust you and I trust you understand like the vision I'm going for. Like that's the thing, editing these podcasts, like I've had to learn how to do that. And I'm not at the point where I <clears throat> fully trust someone to understand what we want and the way I want it to be edited. I know that's partly my fault, but like same, yeah. I have to like to let someone do it, they really have to, it's not just, there's sure there's a million people that are capable and understand how to do it, but do they understand what you're going for? And I don't have to babysit them and they're not annoyed if I have detailed notes or something. The worst is when like they charge hourly and then they get rewarded for right. not doing the best job. Like, I, I, I spent like almost half a thousand dollars. <laughs> just like, and I'm like, you got rewarded for me doing that but i agreed to the terms i had to put my foot in my mouth did you edit when you first started doing it yeah i edit like 90 percent of the content at this point still and i'm still looking i'm not like actively looking but i'm so open to somebody helping me out it just 
has to make sense and they have to be somebody who's on the same wavelength. And I think that's really hard to find, especially in the like podcast, YouTube ecosystem is this like a very specific, like how do you clip something from a podcast? And like, it's actually interesting and it looks good too. Mm. And then you can get a organic reach through that. Yeah. It's hard. <sighs> yeah. Maybe you'll get a million emails from this now. Oh, right, maybe I, you know, I want to put it past this podcast. From the mi- this is my f- first real podcast, really? by the way, which, which is super exciting. Yeah, this is no kidding. This- yeah, That's, that surprises me. Yeah, I haven't been asked much. We'll, we'll have you. Maybe back. they're all afraid of you. They're all afraid. <laughs> it, I, I do get that impression, or either afraid or speculative. What do you mean mm. speculative? Like ties in with like what I said before. It's, what I'm doing is very like not the normal thing to do and as a result it can either get straight to your head Mm. or you can let it influence you or make you be act in certain ways and i think that can cause uh some people to be like who is this guy who is he actually i don't know if i trust him that's something that i hope to build i hope to build trust as time goes on with my platform and whatnot well i mean in it I imagine it can go the other way, too. When you have a following, there's probably a lot of people that want to take advantage of that, too, like in the opposite way and come at you for dis- disingenuous reasons. Yeah. I Luckily, I didn't have to deal with that too much with my friends, although there is it does change how people like behave around you sometimes. And I do notice that people... Definitely. And I noticed this with other like people who are doing the same thing I'm doing in this like music sphere. People pay attention a lot and they definitely analyze you Hmm. in the background. But you have to let that go, right? Because you're so public. At this point, yeah, you got to let it go. But I do notice, do people come up to you? Yeah. Are they coming up to you and being nice to you just because you have this platform or it's because they want to collaborate? And if they feel like they don't get everything they want from you, are they going to retaliate against you or something? There's only it, that doesn't happen really ever that often, but it has happened once where I was just like, "Oh my gosh, that that was scary." Oh, screw them. <laughs> yeah. And are, are there like are there hate comments that you see every now and then? There's always people that say sh- dumb shit, right? Yeah. Well, so most of the comments, and I'm really grateful for this, are really positive. And even if I don't feel the best about the playing. The comments tend to be really positive and it's just, it's less about the playing and more about just the feeling you get just consuming the piece of content and however it's presented to you. There are always some hate comments, although I think that's just a sign that you're doing well, to be honest, first off. But the hate comments, there's been a couple times, and I won't name names, but not even on my content, but there's been some pretty famous musicians, at least famous in like their performance field, who will comment something negative and you're like, oh, what? Like, why, why are you like this and this? Hey, um, hey, people who do that, can you stop doing that? It just doesn't help anybody. Well, I guess my main point is I wish we could all just treat each other like more kindly. And at least even if you have something to say, maybe you can be like, hey, like, Maybe that's not how you do it, but like, here, let me show you how it's done. And then you can do another video collab or something. So I, I noticed that was another person's profile. Like some, there was a jazz musician that commented on their video 
And then I was like, I responded to it being like, man, you should like collab with us and teach us how it's done. Because I just think that this whole hemisphere of classical music performance, jazz performance, it's it's still really secluded from like mainstream media. And I think we got to be doing everything we can to like break down those barriers personally. And I, I really, with my platform, I really hope to connect the mainstream world and get them to just at least pay attention to what we do because we put so many hours and so much effort behind our craft. And sometimes we create these videos, we create this content to just like a very small community of people. And I wish everyone can just have more people interested in what they're doing. Well, that's a difficult task because for multiple reasons, the two are separated, not only in the people making the content slash music, but the people who digest in that the two different kind of realms that you just broke down are different, but not to say it's impossible, but the Venn diagram overlap is small, as you said. Yeah. And those people saying things you have to know that says way more about them than you when they're making comments, but it's the state of everything that how people will talk to each other when they're not looking at them in the face. But one thing, and you were talking about it earlier that made me think about this when you were just being open about how your mock audition didn't go well. So many classical musicians were so obsessed with perfection and it's that's our job. That's how we get employed. We're constantly comparing ourselves to others and trying to be the best version of something, playing the same excerpts. And it's, it's a recipe for misery in a lot of ways. And on social media, a lot of classical musicians are afraid to do anything because you can't not be perfect all the time. And there's constantly people judging you. And you'll just straight up post like you messing up in a concert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Forget to take my mute out. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Should have done that. <laughs> was it you that did one where you stole your colleague's mute? Yeah. Mahler tube rehearsal. <laughs> That's a classic one. That's one of my favorite moves. What makes you feel, in a way, I feel like people connect more to you when you're willing to show that you're, because I'll say that this, you're a very talented trombone player. I know there's a lot of people that just know you from some goofy videos, but you're a very good trombonist. You've gotten to the treat very easily. You've done very well. Everyone that I've known that's played with you has been very impressed. But at the same time, you're like, hey, like, I screw up. Oh, well, I, thank you so much. I feel like I always, I'm doing something to screw myself over just by accident sometimes. But I think having that vulnerability out in the open and just saying it's okay, it's really powerful for people and also realizes, like people also realize that, hey, this is like something we're supposed to be passionate about and we're supposed to enjoy while making. And I honestly found that throughout my own process of posting that I'm realizing more and more is, oh, like, I can have my own voice and relax a little bit and just play like I want to and play like myself. And I found that through trusting that decision to do that, I sound better Mm. and I sound more like myself and I sound less like I'm trying to be somebody else. So I think... Love that. Yeah. The perfection thing is, it's really... There's so many... I know my girlfriend goes to New World and they talk about social media and everyone's super afraid. Mm. And... Or they don't know how to get into it, too. And I don't think you need to be big on social media to support your own career and to start getting students 
to start giving yourself the tools to be your own self-employed musician in the 21st century, which I find can be a little tricky to do if you're not networking mm-hmm. with the right people or if you're not in, not even like close to that network. Realistically, Sebastian and I are not that much older than you, but when it comes to technology, we might as well be 300 years older than you just because of like when we were at your position in life, social media, it existed, but it wasn't the thing it is today. It wasn't a vehicle you could use to actually grow into something like lucrative or a way to even get students or so like a tangentially lucrative, both, I suppose. So it wasn't talked about as a serious thing when we were like the idea that it's being talked about in at, at a place like New World. I'm sure they talk about it at conservatories too, to a certain extent, and it's probably going to only grow from here. Yeah, I think just now, I think orchestras are starting to look at social media. I know for a fact that the CEO of New World, and in fact, you can see it in the New World's posting cycle or a schedule where they're actually now starting to experiment. They're starting to post more because they're realizing that this is the easiest way to get your craft, to get your organization in front of as many eyeballs as possible for free. And I really love seeing orchestras posts. I don't care what the quality or what the, their take is or whether or not it's optimized for the algorithm. I love seeing them put their stuff out there. San Francisco Conservatory is killing it hmm. on TikTok, on Reels. Minnesota Orchestra is killing it right now. I'm seeing Boston Symphony starting to do stuff. I see New York Phil starting to do stuff. And it's I love seeing that. And it's But it's something that's only just starting to happen. And I think, like Nick said, like everyone in these orchestras never grew up with social media or anything resembling it. And so there's it's hard for these orchestras still to promote their orchestra mm-hmm. because people are really, they look at social media. I don't even know like professional string quartet groups. Like when I was at Norfolk, there was like some string quartet groups that were adamantly like, we can't have anything on social media unless it's our best right. most perfect playing. But social media isn't about that. And yeah, so, so there's that disconnect. They're treating it like like it's a, like a recording. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's tricky because a lot of the people that run, say, a major orchestra, they know their bread and butter is their subscriber base, which may be of an older generation that may not use social media as much. And so they're like, why should we invest all this time in this for these maybe younger people that might not show up consistently or whatever? But it's just, again, you're it's a free way to reach as many eyeballs as possible. I like the way you put that. And maybe you will develop a new audience that you haven't. My question is, when did, for you, when did this start becoming like, because I, knowing you, I imagine I could have seen you just starting to post funny videos because you enjoyed it. I didn't think I I'm willing to guess that you didn't just start out being like, I have a business plan and this is how my TikTok will grow from zero followers to bajillion. When did it start being like, Oh wow, I could actually do something with this. Well, it was December, 2020 when I first started an actual TikTok account and actually on the first video, well, second video, technically I posted was me pranking my, friend was the straight mute during a Mahler 2 rehearsal. That was your second video? 
That was my second video. I had no idea. I just, I, th- I thought that was in the it, middle of the pack. It, no, like it was posted on Instagram and it got 700 views, some likes. And I decided to repost it on TikTok because I was, but the thing is, I already have funny videos like in my photos library. I already had some things to experiment with. And I always knew in the back of my head, people would tell me, they would go up to me, you have a YouTuber personality. That's how I feel around you. Have you ever considered doing anything? And I always say yes, but yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But because of the pandemic, I had more time. So I posted that video, me pranking my friend with the straight mute. And it got 3 million views, like within a few days. And I was- You're like, what's going on? I The, the adrenaline that went inside me, when I saw, I was like- are you kidding me? This is reaching this many people. And then I posted me introducing the orchestra at PMF in Japanese, just as my next video. That got like 500,000 views. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? And at that point, because I knew I've always almost exclusively consumed YouTube content, which I think gave me the inclination and the the, the know-how to like how everything works a little bit. So I just I just started making content and following this one guy, Robert Benjamin on YouTube, who will give you some like simple cheap tricks on how to like and a, like a schedule like you got to be posting one to three times a day and stuff like that. So I just went gung ho because I had all this extra time. And that's when Nyan Cat started to happen, where I just every day play Nyan Cat a little bit faster. And that trend, because th- at this point, YouTube Schwartz was just coming out. And it was at the point where you couldn't just hit go to your phone and say, create short. You had to put it at a certain, like go in a video editor, mm-hmm. put it at a certain dimension. Yeah. And then in the title and the description, write hashtag shorts. And if you didn't do that, it would not count as a short. Wow. And I remember this coming up and I was watching a gaming channel and they were like, I am about to hack the algorithm. If you have ever thought about becoming a creator, this is the single best time to do it because YouTube is pushing shorts like crazy. And so I put my Nine Cat series on YouTube shorts and that resulted in about a week, me getting 10,000 subscribers. Wow. Um, crap. <laughs> yeah. I remember talking to Randy Hawes during my Northwestern lesson, just being like, yeah, I just... Been playing Nyan Cat and so for for us olds, what is Nyan Cat? Okay, it's a it's a two thousand and one I think meme where it's a pop tart cat farting rainbows. <laughs> it's just in it has an animation on the screen and it's just it's a tune that goes. How do I and, not remember that? I remember hamsterdance.com. That's way before your time, Tim. Sebastian knows what I'm talking about. Usually Nick uh-huh. is very up to date with all the anything relating to farting. So I, I would That's true. I, I consider myself a fartist. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, it's a Pop-Tart cat. And I immediately moved on to the Mario Kart lick after mm. that. And people were a fan of that. And I think, but the funny thing is, it's like at that time, I still had that. I had that feeling everyone else has where I like, I did not post Instagram. I'm like, I'm not going to tell people I'm doing this. I'm going to let people find me mm. because at that point I'll probably already be successful and they'll have to respect it a little bit, but I'm not going to tell people. And it took a lot of courage for me to just be like, all right, screw it. I'm posting Instagram. And it took about a year since that point. So I was doing YouTube and TikTok, but I did not do Instagram. And then after a year, when I was about to go to Music Academy, I was like, all right, screw it. I'm just going to post all my old content onto here that I know it does well. 
then so that's how I got established on all three platforms. Really, I remember that because I remember like you were doing all the TikTok stuff, and I'm like, oh, he's not on Instagram. And then you joined, and we were friends, and you had just like 500 followers or something. I'm like, oh, wow, it's just a completely different platform. And then it just shot up by posting all the same stuff. And I imagine there's a lot of transference of people that follow you on TikTok that would want to follow you on Instagram. Yes, but they're actually like, I find that they're completely different ecosystems. Some posts do incredibly well on YouTube, but not well on TikTok and vice versa. Like Instagram will do incredibly well for certain reels and will really nuke some other reels Mm. for reasons I don't understand. But I actually find that these communities don't really intermix too much. There's people who follow me on all platforms, but I think majority of people only see me on one platform. Mm. Right. Well, think, I don't know if this is true for you, but I well, I know it's true for you. It's true for everyone to different degrees. If you go around and ask a group of 100 people, do you watch all three platforms? And they say yes. All You have a group of 100 people that say yes. You're going to find it that there's some, some, everyone's going to have one that they prefer the most by probably a large margin. I know what I watch the most of. Sebastian knows what I watch the most of. What is it? Go for it. TikTok? TikTok, for sure. It's a younger um, generation, right? You give like a school concert in front of a, a group of like elementary school kids and you're like, hey, or middle school kids, you're like, raise your hand if you're on Facebook. And it's like, none of them. And then raise your hand if you're on Instagram. It's like some. And then you ask about TikTok and the, all their hands go up. Well, that's also an interesting thing right there, Sebastian, just saying who's on. They could technically have an account, but consider themselves not to be on Facebook. Right. And that's part of the interesting equation, too. But Facebook is definitely not even in the conversation. It's crazy because they started the game. Well, I've been I have a Facebook, too. It's not as big of a following. I don't know if you've seen it. But all I do is post memes there. And that's what resonates most. Like my normal content doesn't even trend as much. But when I post memes, they're all over. But there's like a Facebook shorts, right? Or reels or something. What's it called? Yeah, there is. But I think it's a lot more cutthroat. I think actually like the preview of your clip, like the first three seconds where you can actually see the reel move a little bit, actually dictates more how well your video is going to do than the actual video itself. And I think judging by like some of the content I post, it it seems like that's the case just because... Me playing Buckaroo Holiday and having the camera immediately go to someone cracking up. I think that's why that's one of the only very few reels that actually does really well on my Facebook channel. And, and so. there's a balance, right? I'd be curious what your inner dialogue is like, because if you fully only think about what is going to get the most possible views ever, do you start to lose what's the most fun for you? Like, say you post something that you really love and you had a ton of fun doing and it gets barely any engagement it's still fine right i'm so glad you asked that because i'm actually i'm right now i think i'm at this fork in the road with where i can take all my content and yeah optimizing for views is definitely like a race to the bottom with yourself I mentioned this was like, put this in reverse. Every time one of those videos, in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is so stupid. (laughs) This is so dumb, but this does so well. And I always, when I collaborate with people, I always want at least one video to do well. So I use that as as an introductory. Okay, let's get in front of the camera. That was super easy, right? Let's do it. Let's take another take. Then I'll post it and we'll get 11 million views on TikTok. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. 
And yeah, but in the back of my mind, I truly want to make more substantial content and content that is less of a cheap like thrill for whichever person stumbles upon my content. And I want it to be something where it builds community, but also gets people like hooked into what I'm doing and have it connect to more of my mission of connecting the fine arts to um, mainstream media. In the back of my mind, like I recently did clapping music, but I slapped a mouse piece instead. I love that. That did terribly. Oh, that's um, such a good I, idea. I like was, that, yeah. I had so much fun doing that, and I spent hours making it. I probably spent about six to eight hours like just moving every tap to be something that is rhythmically somewhat recognizable because it's really hard, to, and it hurts yeah. your hand too. That's oh, my God. You're probably pain. bruised. Yeah, I was like, I'm like hitting the mouthpiece over and over, and I'm like, geez. Like, well, and <laughs> think about how much of your audience, like, even if they're classical musicians, knows what clapping music is. You know, it, it's a niche piece for a niche, like, an even smaller niche audience. So you say unfortunately, that, but unfortunately, you're right. But on, I saw a long form YouTube video get 3 million views using animation of the notation and people seem to be really into it. Now I do recognize that it's super niche. So I was just hoping that more people be interested in the, just the rhythm and all of it, but it's just was something I spent eight hours making it and it got, it was like on YouTube, it ranks your videos, how well they perform. I don't know if you're familiar. And it was like 10 out of 10. Yeah, it was the worst video you post in a while. Got like 20K views, which is for me, it's just like, whoa. And so I'm like, dang, YouTube, that's a bummer. YouTube's just give up. Stop wasting our time. Yeah. Yeah. But then you post something like, put this in reverse. It takes two seconds. And they're like, we're going to give you 50 million views. Also, every six months, we're going to just pump up this like view count by another million and you're going to you're going to put in another 100 bucks in your pocket just like passively and i'm like okay sure i'll sell my soul a little bit just so i can keep doing keep taking risks in these other ventures so i'm saying a lot but yeah it is like whenever you see me do something that seems like it's a really cheap and easy video to make part of my soul's dying for sure yeah you, and also if you if you put it in business terms you could argue you're in your your growth phase like you're building your core audience and then once you establish even more of what you want you can do more of what you want because you've gained their trust in a lot of ways but I, I always imagine like you get to a certain follower account on youtube and you just start getting these like random secret invitations to back alleys where there's some crazy party behind golden doors and invited to any crazy parties other than the Hound Horns little dinner. Hey, we're going to have... Well, yeah, we'll be there. But um, not you, Nick. Never. Never. You, Nick. You're not invited. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, I do get a lot of scam emails. And at first, I almost fell, fell for one. But it's pretty easy to suss them out and, like, filter through all of that. And I was... I'm fortunately in a, in a position that I do occasionally get, like, brand deals that are insanely lucrative. I almost feel bad. You shouldn't. But, you're helping, yeah. but you're helping them. Right. I just, I'm like, man, it's just, I'm so grateful to be doing what I'm doing. And honestly, people tell me I should be getting paid more from these brand deals. But I just, I'm like, man, I'm, I can't believe that I can just make a video for one platform 
that probably really doesn't even matter. And the company is just going to pay for all of it. And it's a crazy world we live in. So I've been in a couple oh. of uh, oh, uh, yeah, videos with you. Yeah, and they did really well. People loved you. I, I, I can act like a crazy conductor. I'm pretty good at that. And also talking smack about trumpet players is very natural for me. That was one take. <laughs> one take. Yeah, one take dick. That's what they call me. <laughs> We're supposed to do another one in the future, so I look forward. We are to all like, that. We being well, you and me, or you and oh, well, brass. Which I thought was like, it, I don't know if you. I was told otherwise. the The reason I say that is there is a world that Barb Barb Jocelyn came up to me and was like, oh we're going to do another video. Would you like to be in it? And I said, sure. And absolutely forgot. So that's why I said it the way that way. Cause it, there is a possibility that I'm supposed to be in it and I know about it, but forgot about it. Oh, it's okay. There, there's nothing planned out, but we do want to get the Met uh, opera conductor involved. And he's a very busy man. That's that. that you know. Yannick. Oh, that one. I thought you meant the conductor in the video. Cause I was there. Oh, well you can also be maestro. We can have a battle of the maestros. How about I'll that? battle. I got size on him. That's for sure. Conductor versus conductor. Exactly. Be, there we go. Do it like Street Fighter style? Oh, yeah. Honestly, yeah. Just I can see a couple like conductor moves as like fighting moves. Almost like Harry Potter, like like things coming out of the wand. We have to do a Harry Potter thing now that you said that, actually. Like I'll I'll learn After Effects. I'll make something happen. Use your bass trombone. I don't know if I will love it. Use your bass trombone as a baton. Can you do the, can you do the, the, what do you call it? The Celeste, not, not Celeste, the, so we call it, yeah, the Celeste part from Harry Potter game played on the trombone. All like the 30 oh. second. <laughs> well, actually I did that, but I tailed it with Weezer at the end. So it modulated the major one. key. Honestly, yeah. I did appreciate that because not, I would guess, and I was going to ask you like, if you described your core demographic, like slightly younger like high would you say high school age i think i think the most enthusiastic group out there are the younger kids i think high school early college and middle school although when i look at statistics granted it's easy to as a kid have a parental account and view stuff but it's the numbers tell me that about 50 percent are under the age of 23 and then every the other 50 percent is actually older than that and I think oh, wow. it could either be parents watching or I do have like a strong like international reach where I'll get pockets of all throughout the world. Is there a random country like, that just is you can't if you step foot in that country, they're just going to go crazy. Trombone team of I, super I, fans. May, maybe like Spain or like the Philippines. Dude, let's go on a trip. Um, just see what I mean, happens. You're going to you're going to see at TMEA how crazy it is. <laughs> <laughs> just like out of this world i'm excited um, we're gonna have fun we can I mean, do some weird there too yeah I, it's interesting just again we're not that much older than you but technology wise we were so much in a different world at least like where we were when you were we were your age there was just none of this happening and sarah goldberg she works with map at julia pre-college and some of these kids when they see her Sarah they plays trombone on Sarah plays trombone on. Yes, yeah, Sarah plays trombone exactly. They they have a little bit of star syndrome when they see her, and I would love for you to come in just randomly come into my brass class at pre college. I think some of these kids would actually lose their damn minds. <laughs> I would love to make that happen. Honestly, 
Sarah and I were both, like, we attended the same string quartet concert of all places. And that's where we, like, met. And I was like, we were both just, wait, are you Sarah plays trombone? Wait, are you trombone Timo? This is wild. Like, that even happens with, like, other people in the business because it's so small. They're like, oh, my God. And you're like, no, I actually have a real name. It's Tim. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Throw them all off. And... Yeah, I'm going to have Tim. Tim's going to come talk to my Cleveland Institute class. So yes. that'll be fun. But yeah, I wanted to ask about the, well, I was saying about Weezer, which I, I very much appreciate as someone who's grew up on that, those albums and like have seen them live. That, that, that was a little, that was a little nugget for us, us people and our older millennials. as we Yeah, I actually, when I did a Sweet Child of Mine, but I like cut out every note and I put the Apple earbuds straight up my bell. That's when the older audience is like, they'll like, they see me in person. They're like, I love that. (laughs) That was amazing. And that's not the one that gets like a million views, but that's like the one I guess that does pretty well still. And that's the one that gets me the in-person reaction, which is the ones that I like the most, to be honest. I think one of the The first ones I saw was the Lizzo one. Can you, because it's so short, but can you explain the context of like how that, came to be oh my god so south by southwest in austin i was in austin a couple years ago and one of my influencer friends i have two influencer friends that all live in the same house in boston one's a fitness influencer and one's a car influencer and they just came to south by southwest and these guys were just sneaking into like essentially every single event and they just brought me along to this lizzo event Granted, I had a trombone on my back and security didn't even really check for it. I could have literally been packing heat, but I was just packing a trombone. Hey, hey, you were packing heat. Yeah, you were. (laughs) Yeah, once once Lizzo heard that slick trombone playing. But there was a huge line to meet for Lizzo at this conference. There's so many conference rooms with people coming in, doing their chat. And we just snuck right into the Lizzo one. We bypassed the entire line. As soon as the event before concluded we just intermingled with all the people that were leaving and then just walked right in i didn't even know who lizzo was but i knew she played the flute that's the one thing i had i've seen her play the flute and i'm like huh there might be some potential here but my friends were doing a video on their own channel and they really wanted to meet lizzo or at least get a picture with her so after the event we they walked up and they were trying to get her attention lizzo lizzo picture she gets a million of those. So she wasn't paying attention to those guys. And at a certain point, I was just like, screw it. I'm taking out my trombone. And I just hold a trombone really high in the sky. And I'm like, Lizzo, it's a trombone. And she was like surprised. But then she was just like, play something. Meanwhile, like these security guards are like glaring me mm-hmm, down. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. this was like a huge security issue. Yeah, yeah. And um, I proceeded to play Timmy Trumpet, but I completely whiffed the first note. And it was probably the worst performance on the trombone. I didn't it even know what spirit. I was going to play. It had the spirit, though. I had no idea what I was going to play. In fact, the second song, the doo I don't even know what it's called. Dude. I didn't even know the notes to that. So, like, in the audience, I'm like, if I'm going to play for her, I need to know these notes. And I'm like, how do you... Figured it out somehow. And, yeah, that happened. And then afterwards, my friends were, like, ecstatic. And we got the picture with Lizzo. And, but yeah, it was like the most random thing that ever happened in my life. And I got on Lizzo's TikTok, actually. That's amazing. With that, that was pretty cool. So, right, um, but right before you're like, oh shit, maybe she'll want me to play something, you just like in your head, you were like, I'll play this. And you just figured it out real quick. Yeah, that TikTok brain. I'm like, all right, what's like a easy hit? 
and, and she started getting down. I started dancing to it, which I appreciated. But yeah, that was the sloppiest performance. I oh, felt so on, bad. Come on. What, that's <laughs> what that's a perfect like, example. It doesn't matter. It was like the spirit of it. Right. What if she was like, play a Lizzo deep cut. No A sides, only B sides. <laughs> I didn't know any list of songs, exactly. so yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what, what am I doing here? And what if your friend didn't videotape it? Would your social media heart just like, melt? Oh, that, well, some, there, luckily there was a bunch of people's cameras there. So like, I would have gone in the video, but yeah, there are moments where I wish there was a camera on for sure. And I always think about them and they haunt me to this day. Just don't turn to one of those people that, what do you call them? The streamers that like literally are twenty four seven just walk around oh, with IRL IRLs yeah oh my god that's a deep yeah. that's a deep you cavern be, you should jump on the bandwagon of doing NPCs on well I actually really love oh. NPC TikTok <laughs> really oh, it's yeah. so cringy Ugh. well drives me nuts what's NPC it's just fun what is that non someone non playable character oh yeah Hello. yeah yeah oh those oh. are awesome I like those <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the glizzy. Thank you for the glizzy. Oh, not. Oh, I'm not thinking of the live streams. I was thinking of like you run into a Skyrim character and they're just like mouthing words and then there's text that comes up. Oh, that's a whole different thing. I'm talking about the live streamers. Oh, the people oh, my, that like pay money and they have to react in the moment. That's, yeah, yeah. that's so cringy. I had a streaming arrow and I got bored. So I just committed to one of those and it did pay more for sure. But at the cost of your soul. So. Like we said. There you go. Hey, Nick, do you want me to ask Tim a quick Quora question? Quick Quora. Are, are you familiar with our, our Quora series? No, I haven't heard. Okay. So on this new fifth position, casual, whatever this podcast is. So Quora, you can just ask any question on the internet to the world that you're wondering. And so I just did some deep dive searches on Quora questions involving the trombone. So here's the newest one I found. I'm not sure who this is from. Is there any way to play the trombone high notes easily? My friend says it's easy. You just have to blow it. That's what I'm doing. And still, comma, it makes that quacking noise. It's not the trombone, it's my lips. That's a very correct assessment because I was going to say, if you're sucking at high notes, just take the mouthpiece out of the instrument and just buzz it like you're probably buzzing the wrong pitch i guarantee you're buzzing the wrong pitch and if even if you are playing the right pitch there's a way to play it really well and there's a pl- way to play it where you're just like doing whatever and it's usually it goes sharp try to be flat i dare you i dare you you answered that more seriously than i thought you would i suppose yeah, that's see, this is the difficult thing. I'm really goofy, but then when I get to like lessons, I'm like, no, like I'm very hard and I get, yeah, I'm really into it. No, Seriously. No, I meant not because of who you are, but because that question was so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> my my right. favorite is the first sentence that says, Is there any way to play the trombone high notes easily? <laughs> that's all these like fifth graders. You just have to blow it. Yeah, the quacking noise is probably not what you want. But then he answers his own question. It's not the trombone. It's my lips. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for your lips. Well, we solved that, Quora. Let's put it on the board. <laughs> Do you find it difficult to balance? Because you're getting, are you, is it a certificate or a doctorate at Yale right now? It's They call it an MMA, which is Master of Musical Arts. Mixed Martial Arts. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> that is, yeah, we did talk about how the trombone can be a weapon. So is it hard to, because I, I can't imagine, I imagine some of these TikTok videos you can just rattle off real quick, but some take some planning and a lot of editing. Is it tough balancing being a student? It's really tough. Honestly, the toughest part, I think, is just because I'm going to school because I wasn't really happy with my trombone playing and I spent hours practicing, but making content that distracts from the journey, from the process, and it, it drains your chops and it drains your drains you mentally. And it's also hard because everyone, you shouldn't think like this, but you can't help think like this because what you do is very public that your friends are going to be watching and you're going to be surrounded in a community of people who all know who you are and will like make remarks or remind you that you're doing social media so you're you get in this headspace where you're like you feel like there's a lot of pressure to to make something out of your playing to make something out of your craft to and just to like actually be a positive influence and not something that everyone's just is hating. So yeah, it's hard. Who knew Tim was so deep, Nick? I know. You didn't think I was deep? Hey. No, I didn't. No, not at all. Well, that, I've, I have thought that about you. I was like, cause I, you know, I always heard the talent and you were, you're always just very outgoing and funny on stage, but I knew there was a layer underneath all that where you're very thoughtful. And I feel like not everyone gets to see that part of you. So that's why podcasts are great. Well, I I really appreciate being on here. This has been a really fun time for me. Yeah, man. More of these if I get invited or whatever. We'll have you back. We see that. That's our thing is figuring out how to do this more because the whole word feed the beast, right? That when you have an audience and they, they want to hear things, it's, yeah, we also have, I have six other jobs that I'm trying to, to keep happy. And I would love to do this all the time. I would love to let people help me do it more. I would love to post more on social media. <laughs> I just, it's, that's the challenge. It, if you feed the beast, you can beast the feed. See, when you have coworkers like one. that. Yeah, you should start a profile, Nick. I'll subscribe. Should we have a TikTok? Should we have a trombone retreat TikTok? Sebastian, yeah. there's no way we should have a trombone retreat TikTok. Why? We'll do one video every six months. Well, that's well. We can just hire someone. Well, let me just say that convince with Nick. Norfolk. Okay, here's the thing: people don't realize. Do you have an archive of all the performances and whatnot that you've done? Okay, so. With Norfolk, I got them from 500 subscribers to 7,500 subscribers just by using old footage from their concerts. And I, I use more popular, more recognizable tunes that would catch the algorithm because at first, the hardest part is getting that following at first. And then when you start posting other stuff that deviates from, say, Vivaldi, people, all of a sudden, you're getting like tens of thousands of views on really niche concert pieces that really no one has heard of. And yeah, I, I strongly like you can actually, you don't even need to make stuff. You, you are probably already sitting on a treasure trove a lot of, video. of clippable movement, yeah. clippable moments. And it's just like a matter of knowing which ones even like you have probably way more. And this is what I'm thinking about with all these orchestras too. And everything I'm like, you guys have all the footage and stuff. And that could just be like, your foot in the door and that's what can get you started 
And then you can start creating content that's also fun. And you can honestly, some of these people, man, like me, like in one or two hours, I can get, I don't know, 10 to 20 videos if I really put my mind to oh, it. Oh, wow. So like they're... It's so long as everyone gets together in one spot at one point and they do it banging out real quick, but it's like the idea is already set, it, it's game over. It ha- usually does pretty well. Have you seen these new AI programs that will like, you just upload all your video and they'll just come up with all these clips for you? No. Is this for podcasting? Yeah. Or just like whatever content you make. I'm just like, that's tempting, but I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical. But it'd be so nice if... And it comes up with headlines for you. It comes up with, it optimizes it for every social media and it comes up with like captions and man. That is sexy. (laughs) That's really interesting. I like using AI subtitles, but I don't, I never had an AI go to next step. And I think that's more for podcasts too, but that could be. I started using AI subtitles just for fun for some of these podcasts and the views within the first 24 hours doubled. It was hilarious. It's the algorithm's very basic and simple stuff like that will be the difference of a thousand and a hundred thousand views. It's just okay. Okay. Well, thanks for hanging out. This was super fun. Thanks for having me. Nick, is there anything that you would want to say that we have? I think we got it. I think we got it all wrapped in there somehow into a tight hour and 15. I can tell when Nick is done talking, he'll just start looking at me and not saying anything. So that can mean a lot of things <laughs> right now. It means maybe I should have skipped that last drink last night. Usually a little, most, a little slow. Most podcasts end with Nick being like, guys, I gotta go number two. And it's bad. <laughs> that, I mean, every, every meeting. <laughs> I'm a regular guy. God, I was texting Tim. I destroyed the Yale bathroom, by the way. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he, told, he told me that. Uh, you told me that after I was done rehearsing with Daniela. You're oh like, my, I I'm really glad you things. rehearsed first. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, what we have, we have? We did, we, well, we tried to get some New Haven pizza. And I don't like all, every place, it was like Sunday brunch time. So every place was crowded. Nick was mad yeah. that we had to go to a not popular place. And then he ordered pizza and it was like not real pizza. And it was, it was terrible. I'm so sorry. It's yeah, okay. it's terrible. It's okay. I'll live. Everybody, I'll live. So Tim and I will be at TMEA in San Antonio, February 7th through 9th at the Houghton Horns table. Come say hi. I believe you'll be there representing Brass Witch. Yes. Cool. And I'll be releasing my first very limited batch JSV tenor trombone mouthpieces. I've been working on them for almost two years, tested by world-class trombonists in every imaginal scenario. I think they're magical. Purity of sound, incredible response and articulation. We were searching for the holy grail of rich overtones, ring and sweetness paired with depth of sound. And we found it's available for pre-order at HoutonHorns.com February 1st. But yeah, if you guys are around TMEA, if if you're not familiar with TMEA, Texas Music Educators Association Convention, it's the biggest music convention basically in the country. It's bigger than Midwest. It's insanity. I'm really excited because the last time I went, I was like an all-stater in Texas and I haven't got to go as a... As an adult, I think. You had a full brain of hope and a full head of hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everything was fine back then. Yeah, and the just to remind you, the Third Coast Trombone Retreat is happening this summer. 
June 4th through 10th with international duo Peter Steiner and Constanza Hockvortner. Did I say that her last name right? I hope so. You said something. And, and newly tenured principal trombonist of the Cleveland Orchestra, Brian Wendell. Final application deadline is April 1st. Visit tromboneretreat.com for everything you need to know. Trombone team went to the trombone retreat, so that's all, all you really mm-hmm. need. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, tell a friend. Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts. Follow us at Trombone Retreat on all the social medias and our website, tromboneretreat.com, where you can join our mailing list. Follow Nick at BassTrombone444 and myself at js.vera on the Instagrams and follow trombone Timo. See, he's smart. He's just trombone Timo everywhere. Yeah. So it's, it sounds like trombone Timo. So if you can't spell that, then you're probably just going to not ever find him. Nope. Nope. And that's okay. Cause I'll find, you're not wrong though. Your videos will just appear. Yeah. <laughs> you have massive yeah. the algorithm. Okay. Like man. Young poster. We are <laughs> there. They just got to Pittsburgh. Hell it's yeah. Happy fun. We, oh, the happy, happy, what, ding, ding, happy orchestra? Oh, yeah. Oh, do you yeah. remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Musical chairs. I was like, what on earth is this? I might ding, apply ding, for that. <laughs> the social media possibilities are incredible there, though. I know. I just, I hope they have another opening very soon. If they don't have one already. Awesome. Well, we are proud of you, Tim. And we look forward to hanging out more. And I'll see you in, gosh, in a couple weeks. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to act like your bouncer and I'd be like, oh, if you'd like a photo and autograph with him, you have to buy a mouthpiece first. Okay. I like, th- I like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, arigato kosaimasu, trombone timo-san. Que concha te kudasai. You're going to clip this and I'm going to get canceled. I did introduce myself in Japanese on one of my PMF tapes. So that was that was good. Oh, did that yeah. help? We got in. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if it helped, but... All right, dude. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Smash that button so we can stop it. Smash that subscribe button. Hit that follow button. That's a real pro saying that.